my brain it blew my mind I invite you today to get out of the natural I ain't never had a PR person. I'm not telling you don't have one. I'm just telling you I had one. Just not in the natural. I ain't never had no agent. I'm telling you, I ain't never had. We did it. We did this on YouTube, y'all. We did this on Instagram. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? We blew up. We ain't been on nobody TV. We blew up. We ain't been on nobody's network. We blew up. Nike, under ain't nobody sponsored us. We blew up. They say, how in the world did this kid, who did he study under? Did he study Tony Robbins? Nope, that don't sound like Tony Robbins. <laughs> it's gotta be Les Brown. Les is the black motivator. He, got, he went through motivate. He went through Les. Nope, that don't sound like, a little bit, I, I, he sound like he hungry, but it's a little different. Where does this kid come from? They ask, where does he come from? They study my background. Where does he come? How did he go from being a high school driver? How did he go from not knowing his biological father? How did he go from sleeping in the bed, abandoned building? How did he go from sleeping in the car? How did he become the number one motivator speaker in the world? I, I got baptized at a revival, Pastor Willis, uh, Detroit, Michigan. I got baptized. I gave my life to Christ and I started tapping in. I started tapping in. Oh, as a matter of fact, I didn't just tap in, I tapped out. I'm like, God, I can't do this. I went to college and was like, whoa, I can't do this. I'm telling you, that's where, but, but God is like, I don't care where you start. As soon as you tap out, I'm gonna tap in. As soon as you get, and there are those of you who are not where you wanna be because you are in the natural. And then there's a group of you, you go from the natural to the spiritual, from the natural to the spiritual, and then you upset because you're not where you wanna be. And you're not where you wanna be because you keep going from the natural to the spirit. God is saying, I hate that. I love Christians because Christians be dogging out non-believers. Non-believers got it better than y'all. They cold. I said, that's the, I, hate, I hate the natural, then you're going to try to come back into the spirit. And then natural, then you're going to try to come back. He said, you lukewarm. I'll spit you out. Depart from me. I would prefer you either be natural or spiritual. I prefer you be hot or cold. You are, you going back and forth, back and forth. My church was so packed last week because well, of Easter week. Everybody was in there. I'm like, I ain't seeing you. Let me say this as we get ready to wrap this thing up. Let me say this to you. Tell you this, and I'm, 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 I'm gonna say it in a way where I'm gonna be kind and try to help you. In the natural, you can play games and get some of the natural stuff. You can rob a bank and get away with it and be rich, or you could do the little fraud scheme, get away with it. You could put money here, take people money, you can charge card schemes. You could fake and have a degree that you didn't earn and get a job that you never, tell y'all something though you can't fake it to get into the spiritual can't play you can't fraud your way into the spiritual oh you want the rewards but you don't want the work that come with the rewards but you didn't want to do the work of it come on i'm talking to y'all you want to know what's wrong with you and why you ain't blew up god is saying you're trying to get my rewards without even having a relationship you're trying to walk around with the power that jesus had but you ain't trying to do what he did to get that power What up, what up, what up? It's your boy E.T. Flight Assessment 2.0. <laughs> Look, I, I love the assessment so much that it took me to a whole new level. Like, I'm telling y'all, y'all think I've always been here. I promise you, there was a time I was lost. 
I'm just being real. There was a time that I was just shooting. I didn't know what to aim for. Like, I didn't know. And so I wasn't making the money I'm making now. I didn't know, y'all. I had a gift, but I didn't really know what the gift was. I didn't know how to use it. I remember struggles in my marriage because I didn't know who I was. Struggle with my kids. So the flight assessment was phenomenal because it changed my life. It gave me a sense of clarity that I never had before. Like, it showed me my value. And it showed me, like, how to market my value, how to understand my value, how to sell my value, like how to put a price tag on what I was worth. I didn't know before. I was watching other videos, watching other people, mimicking other people, trying to do what other people were doing. It didn't work, y'all. And then, boom, this assessment showed me me. Now, I'm gonna be honest. While I love the assessment, I, like, bro, it was on some PhD stuff. Like, it was like an advanced degree. So I took the flight assessment 2.0 and simplified it for you. Flight assessment now is a, a pilot, a, a, a flight attendant, a ground crew, air traffic control. Like, I simplified it with symbols and words that you can understand so that you can immediately take it and boom, and do something with it. You're going to be able to use it immediately. You're going to figure out who you are, why you tick, what you do, and then you're going to be able to Boom, take who you are and what you do and put it in the marketplace and make money. Listen to me very closely. Not only are you gonna figure out who you are, you're gonna figure out who everybody around you is, and guess what? You're gonna slow life down. You're gonna slow the game down, and you're gonna be able to do and be and have stuff you've never had before. So do me a favor, listen to me. In 15 minutes, your whole life is gonna change. Like, I look, I revamped the whole thing. I made the investment. I, I studied this thing for five, six years. I studied you. I got it, y'all. I got it. It's gonna take 15 minutes. And in 15 minutes, you gonna know you like you've never known you before. You gonna have resources. You gonna have the people that's gonna be able to help you. You gonna be able to go, be, do, have everything you've ever dreamed of. You gonna speak with clarity. You gonna move with clarity. You gonna think with clarity. You gonna write with clarity. And that clarity is gonna open up doors that you never imagined that could be open. Are you hearing me? So I went from a YouTube sensation to the number one motivational speaker in the world. So I want you to do me a favor. Act right now. Don't think, don't overthink, right? Make the investment. Don't spend no money. Make the investment. You're gonna get your money back. Click the button, register, sign up, and do me a favor, bro. I promise you when you do. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Can y'all hear me? Walaikum salam, yes sir. Walaikum salam. Walaikum salam. Walaikum salam, family. All right, we're going to open up in prayer. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. Surely I'm being turned unto thee, striving to be upright to him who originated the heavens and earth. And I'm not among the polytheists. Surely my prayer, my sacrifice, my life, and my death are all for Allah, the Lord of the worlds. No associate has he, this I'm commanded, and I'm of those who submit. O Allah, thou art the king, there is no God but thee. Thou art my Lord, and I'm thy servant. I've been unjust to myself, and I confess my faults. So please grant me protection against all my faults, for none grants protection against faults but thee. And guide me into the best of morals, for none can guide me into the best of morals but thee. And turn away from me the evil and the indecent morals, for none can turn away from me the evil and the indecent morals but thee. And know Allah bless Muhammad, and bless the true followers of Muhammad, as thou did bless Abraham and the true followers of Abraham, for surely thou art praiseworthy and magnified. And know Allah make Muhammad successful, and make the true followers of Muhammad successful. 
as thou did make Abraham and the true fathers of Abraham successful. For surely thou art praised, worthy and magnified. Amen. Amen. All right, family. Amen. This, this morning, we will be dealing with uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan speaking on building a a black economy. But before we get to that, I want to deal with a mindset. How many of us honestly struggle with money? Meaning, press you can press the number one in the comment section, meaning that you have uh, some self-doubt about money. You're not really too confident about money. You don't have a hold um, on your finances and you, you find yourself not being able to ever really grow, you know, like you're always stuck at this dollar amount. No matter how much money you get, you really just don't see yourself progressing um, in life financially. How many of us feel that we, we kind of cringe a little bit when it comes to talking about money? We don't feel like maybe we deserve it. You know, when you talk about making a lot of money, it's like, ah, is that for me? Maybe that's only for certain type of people or that's not for righteous people or whatever the case may be. Or is, is any one of you willing to un, unmute yourselves and kind of talk about what you feel when it relates um, to money? I've been told several times that people feel like, you know, maybe we're not supposed to have a lot of money, you know, personally, or things that is just like, it's like a real, weird, weird feeling. Anybody want to unmute themselves this morning on the Zoom and kind of share your thoughts? Brother Trent, go ahead. I would say for me, um, just the thought about money, like growing up, we always heard like money was the root of all evil. So it's like, if I get a lot of money, it's like, all right, now I'm going into evilness. Like I'm opening myself up to, like we hear about the Illuminati and all this other type of stuff. So like the relationship with money has always been in a negative light. So the thought of gaining more money um, is equivalent to like the thought of becoming like more evil than good. Sister, um, we got uh, sister, sister Brianna, you would like to share? As I'm liking everyone. Yes. So my relationship with money, I don't feel like I have a bad one. Like I know that it's easy to come by or that there's many ways to make money. Sometimes you definitely feel at a, um, at a, I don't want to say stagnant, you're never stagnant, you need to move forward and moving back. Um, but definitely debt kind of hurts a little, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah. So I don't have a bad relationship with money. I also don't waste it. You know, we're Muslims, so we don't drink, don't smoke. Don't do any of that. Uh, don't really party or anything, but for sure, debt hurts. <laughs> mm -hmm. Money is one of those sensitive things, you know. So I know there's more people that probably deal with money problems, or maybe we aren't aware. Don't oblige my mom to say, well, hey, man, we don't know, we don't know. Um, but that's one of those things that we kind of is sensitive. Like if I say, Hey y'all, everybody let's put our bank accounts. Let's take a screenshot of and post it, you know, just privately amongst us. 
Some of us were like, what? No. Um, and what I found is many of us didn't, didn't have those conversations with our parents growing up. Like, what is a profit and laws? What are taxes? How do you actually budget? You know what I mean? All those type of things that other communities talk about and probably share with their families. You know, we don't we don't do that. So we grow up and now that we're 18, um, you know, now I'm 18. I'm grown now. So obviously I'm prepared when that's not necessarily necessarily the case just because I'm biologically 18 or I'm biologically, you know, 20 or I'm out of college doesn't mean that I'm prepared for it. So we're a lot of us are learning along the way and a lot of us are still learning in our 20s and our 30s and our 40s and our 50s and even our 60s plus. Uh, not saying that that's old, by the way, I'm just, you know, I just I don't want to keep going up to 75. Y'all who may be 60 on here. But um, I want to I want to read from the Supreme Wisdom because I have had many people talk to me. About finances and they do feel a certain type of way about finances and they think that we it's, it's something bad that we have it it's something bad that we have to acquire that you know if we have it in abundance we kind of feel like brother trent was saying like money is the root of all evil so the more money i have i feel like i did something wrong i feel more wicked i feel like i done when when money is really just uh it magnifies who we already are so if you're someone who's already a giving person, you're already a helpful person. Our mindset should be the more money I get, money is only a tool. I now have more tools to help more people. I have more money to give more in charity. But if you are an evil person, maybe you should because you're going to think about more ways to do evil. You're going to have more resources to do evil. You're going to have more resources to create certain environments and manipulate certain people and situations to do more evil. But if we are of the righteous and we're striving to be upright, then more money is just going to help us do more of God's will. That should be the process. So I want to read from problem number 13. It says, after learning mathematics, which is Islam and Islam is mathematics, it stands true. You can always prove it at no limit of time. Then you must learn to use it. Now, I want to stop right here and just start with the first part. After learning mathematics, which is Islam, and Islam is mathematics, it can be stand true. You can always prove it at no limit of time. Then, so it's, it's, it's giving us a conditional, right? If mama says, uh, hey, boy, uh, clean your room, then you can go uh, play the game. See, wash the dishes, then you can get on TikTok, uh, you know, eat, then you can watch Martin. You know how it was back in the day, right? Even in scripture, it says, those who are called by my name must humble themselves, seek thy face, turn from his wicked, then I will forgive them. See, many of us think, oh, God just going to forgive me for anything, not knowing that it's in the scripture written how he's going to forgive us. Those who are called by my name. Must humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked way. Then I will hear from them and heal their land. See, many of us wonder why God hasn't responded. You ain't, we ain't turned from our wicked ways yet. We ain't seek them yet. Ain't no fool, God. Well, he just, oh, that boy going to keep messing. No. Nah. So then is a conditional word. So then I think about, okay, well, what is Islam? Islam is not Arab culture. Islam is not Arab religion. 
Islam has no beginning nor ending. It simply means submission to the will of God. So if I'm reading this from that viewpoint of what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us about what Islam is, this is saying after submission to the will of God. So we got God, we're gonna have trolls on here every morning. Um, so let me set that. Let me set uh for those who want to speak, make sure you got your camera on if you're new, and if you want to share, press the number one. If you got something you want to comment on, because I'll be forgetting people gonna come on here doing all that. So after we learn how to submit our will to do the will of God, then after that is when we must it says, then you must learn how to use it and secure some benefit while you are living. Then it says that is. So now it's telling us, okay, what this benefit is. What is the benefit? It says that is luxury, money, good homes, friendship, and all walks of life. Sit yourself in heaven at once. That is the greatest desire of your brother and teachers. Now I want to share something from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We'll probably listen to this. One of these mornings as well. Let me see if I can find it in my notes. I'm going to share some uh, quotes from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan that may help some of y'all. Have some of y'all ever, and be honest, person number one, if you kind of feel a little guilt, you got a little money and you want to upgrade your house and you want to upgrade your car, and you low-key in the back of your mind, you kind of feel a little type of way about upgrading to a bigger home. Upgrading to a bigger house because of what others may think about you. You ever felt that way? Press number one in the comment section. Maybe y'all haven't. You ever felt like, ah, you know, I'm going to just be humble. You know, I'm going to be a little bit more humble. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna just stay right here. I'm going to stay down here. I ain't going to, uh, you know, I don't want nobody to think nothing. Well, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan felt the same way. So I want to share what the Honorable... Elijah Muhammad, how, what was his response to him? Uh, if you're in a position of leadership, I don't know how many of y'all are in a position of leadership, but you may probably feel that way more so than, uh, than the average person. What I mean by average person, meaning that, you know, people that's not in leadership over many, you may feel a certain type of way about uh, buying a new suit. A, a, a fresher suit you may feel a certain way about having a certain type of car because you you don't want people to think that you got it from another way or you you used it deceptively that's pretty much most of the time what people are going that's when people are going to feel a certain type of way so let me share with y'all what the minister said all right here's here's the first quote he promised money good homes Friendship of all walks of life. So what you look like getting uptight because Allah fulfilled his promise to them. End quote. Second quote. You say, well, the people are poor. Now, this is this is him quoting other people, you know, speaking about those who are in leadership or him because he's starting to now 
get a better suit or, you know, uh, upgrade a little bit. He said, I didn't make them poor. Yeah. Well, why should you wear fine clothes if the people don't have any? Y'all notice what they say. Y'all notice what we, we say. It's, they, this is in 1972. People still saying that in 2023. In 2022. Oh, that, here he is with his suit on. and Look at all the congregation, right? Look at the minister respond. Yeah, well, why should you wear fine clothes if the people don't have any? If the people follow the same God I'm teaching about, then they won't be raggedy, naked, hungry, out of doors. What the hell is wrong with you? Here's the third quote. I wrote the messenger and told him I would rather stay in my apartment because I didn't want to do anything that would create envy and jealousy among the people. The messenger told me, if you wait for the people to want you to have something, you will never have anything. He said, move in that house. Now, why am I sharing these quotes with us? Because before we get to talk about building a black economy or building our finances or making our lives better, and fulfilling that promise of God through doing the mission first, submitting luxury, money, good homes, friendship of all walks of life. We first have to believe that we deserve it. Because if we don't believe that I deserve it, I deserve, as the minister has said many times, we deserve the best that the enemy makes. The more God blesses us, the more guilty we'll start to feel. The more money we get, the more we are blessed in his name, in his way, the more bad we'll feel and we won't even reap the rewards of having more tools because of our messed up mindset and relationship with the money. So if I don't believe that I'm worthy of a two-story home, but deep down you really want a two-story home, a 5,000, you may got five children, six children, seven children. You may want a five, 10,000 square foot home. You may want 10 acres of land. And that may be what you deserve. But because your mindset of what other people may think about you or because you for some reason feel like to be a follower of God that you got to be in this little small, you won't ever reap the rewards. And even if you get it, you won't enjoy it. Because of the mindset. In other words, it's kind of like uh, we hurt ourselves. The better you doing business, the, the worse off you are as a human being because of your relationship and mindset with money. Already in a bad condition. And many of us have justified our condition with these mindsets. See that? Now that's, now that's going deeper. I ain't going to go into that today. But that really be what a lot of us do. We not in a good position financially. So let me use deceptive intelligence and create these different philosophies. Yeah, money is the root of all evil. Yeah, only people who make money is scammers and people that do that. Yeah, yeah, them evil people. To justify why I'm stuck in my condition. To make where I'm at really okay. When really, I know deep down and you know deep down it's not. So I want to start off with just that mindset piece because um, honestly, I think that'd be a lot of our problem. It don't just be 
We don't know about how to create products. It don't just be we don't have good jobs. It don't just be that we're not introduced to different economic and monetary um, opportunities. We don't take them because of the mindset that we have. So let's get to the message from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. This lecture is on YouTube called The Black Man Must Unite and Build a Black Economy. Greetings to you. I am Louis Farrakhan, Minister of Muhammad's Mosque Number 7, New York City, speaking to you on behalf of that great teacher of freedom, justice, and equality to the black man and woman of America, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Messenger of Allah, whose return to this microphone is anxiously awaited and expected in the near future. To him, I am deeply grateful and highly honored for granting me this great privilege and opportunity once again to represent him and his message to you, his beloved people. Our subject is titled, The Black Man Must Unite and Build a Black Economy. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad's task in America is very similar to the task of Moses in Egypt. The mission of Moses to Israel was twofold. Moses had to elevate Israel both spiritually and economically. This is also the divine mission of the prophesied man like Moses, who is in America today among the oppressed, mentally enslaved and exploited black men. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has the twofold task of elevating the black man and woman of America both spiritually and economically. Messenger Muhammad has worked tirelessly and unceasingly for nearly 40 years to give his followers and his people a higher standard of living. His mission was and is to improve the quality of life of the black man and woman in America and throughout the world. His mission is to bring to us that heavenly life of peace, prosperity and perpetual progress that is referred to in the scriptures as the kingdom of heaven or the hereafter. Many people in America and throughout the world have labored under the misconception that heaven or the hereafter comes after man is physically dead. This is the wrong way to understand scripture. This kind of misinterpretation of scripture makes a person or people careless about their present condition in hopes that a mystery God will better conditions for them after physical death. This kind of misinterpretation of scripture robs man of the will to resist the forces that make his life miserable and robs man of the will to put forth the necessary effort to make a better life for himself, his family, and his nation. Messenger Muhammad advises us to search carefully the pages of the Holy Quran and Bible to see if God and his prophets we're describing to us a heaven or hereafter while we live, or a heaven or hereafter which comes to us after we are physically dead. 
Messenger Elijah Muhammad calls on the religious teachers of the so-called Negroes and the religious teachers of the Muslim world to get away from the preaching of such ignorant and slavish doctrine that man will receive heaven or the hereafter after he is physically dead. Messenger Muhammad teaches us that heaven is an elevated state or condition of this life and the hereafter is the same. An elevated state or condition of life here on this earth after the destruction of the power and authority of the wicked to rule us under injustice. Of course, some scholars may argue that according to scripture, heaven or hereafter comes after death. But Messenger Muhammad asks the question, did you not know that the earth and its people are already dead spiritually? Under the yoke of sin, ignorance, oppression, injustice, poverty and want? Messenger Muhammad says that this is the time that the dark people of our planet and especially the so-called American Negroes should come into that heavenly state or condition of life. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has been raised up by Allah in the midst of the mentally dead black man and woman of America to guide us into that heavenly life of peace contentment of mind, brotherly love, prosperity, and unlimited progress. This is why Messenger Muhammad calls on the black man and woman of America to unite and build a black economy. To inspire the black man to build a black economy is a task of tremendous magnitude due to the crippling effect of spiritual misteaching through the religion of Christianity, which has given the masses of black people a false, unreal and impractical view of life, its reward for labor and its consequences for the lack of labor. Consequently, before Messenger Muhammad could effectively attack the black man's economic plight in America, he had to liberate the black man spiritually and mentally from the slavish doctrine of a belief in a mystery God and a better life for man after man is physically dead. To believe that there is a God in the sky or even on the earth that is going to do everything for us and we just have to sit back, pray, and all our desires will come to pass is to make an absolute fool of ourselves. It disgraces our worship of God and manifests our ignorance of God, nature, its laws, and how they function. Messenger Muhammad says we must wake up today from the belief in a mystery God. Men have searched for billions and trillions of years for that mystery God and they have not found him. So wise men lose no time searching for that that does not exist. If man will not work, if man will not sweat, if man will not 
fight, bleed, and die to change his own condition, then there is no God that will do it for him. Have not you heard the saying that God helps those who help themselves? The Holy Quran is very clear concerning this matter. It is written in the Holy Quran, Verily, never will Allah change the condition of a people until they change it themselves. Again, it is written in the Holy Quran that man can have nothing but what he strives for. From this we learn the lesson that where there is no striving, there is no gain. For as long as a people lack the will to make the necessary sacrifice to change their own condition, their condition will remain the same. And this is why Messenger Muhammad calls on the black man of America to unite and build a black economy. There is a song from the play Porgy and Bess written by white people depicting their view of our condition. I got plenty of nothing and nothing is plenty for me. This song is sung by black people about black people. It is about a man who is contented with nothing. A man whose idea of heaven is a place where he can sit around all day doing nothing. Did not you know, my beloved black brothers and sisters, that a man who has nothing and wants nothing is truly a dead man? In the scriptural teaching of the resurrection of the dead, Messenger Muhammad teaches us that it is referring to the dark people of the world in general and to the black man of America in particular. Gabriel's blowing his horn only means an angel or messenger of God sounding the trumpet of truth in the ears of the black man causing him to be spiritual life. This quickening of the masses of the people to mental and spiritual life makes them dissatisfied with their condition of nothingness. This quickening of the masses to mental and spiritual life makes the masses to want what the classes have always had. When the black man of America and the world realize that our wants can only be properly and lastingly satisfied by our own efforts, that we must work, we must make the necessary sacrifice to fulfill our needs, then and only then can we say that we are resurrected from the grave of ignorance and mental death. Today the black man of America is coming to life. He no longer is satisfied with nothing. He wants what all other human beings want. And again, this is why Messenger Muhammad calls on the black man of America to unite and build a black economy to satisfy our wants. Our basic wants are freedom, justice, equality, food, clothing, shelter, security, and the knowledge and love of self. These wants 
are very basic, but our wants are really unlimited. For as long as man lives, man shall want. And this is why as black men and women, we must unite to build a black economy. Man must look to nature to provide him with his wants. A certain amount of food, clothing, and shelter may sometimes be obtained from nature with little or no human effort. But this holds true only of the simplest wants of the most primitive men, and even then, only in exceptional cases. But after noting these few exceptions, we must conclude that nature does not generally bestow her gifts with a free hand. Practically none of the infinite number of things that man wants is furnished him freely by nature. Therefore, man must work for what he gets. Nature provides the material, but man must provide the energy and the ingenuity to satisfy his wants. How can we as black people expect our personal, national, and worldwide condition to change if we shun the field of action? Can we as a people become great without merit or qualifications? Are harvests possible or crops available without plowing and cultivation? Is victory won without labor and perseverance? Can power be obtained without effort? These are mere delusions with which the lazy flatter themselves. This way of thinking is contrary to the divine laws of God and nature. If God ever made anyone mighty and great except through one's own personal endeavor and sacrifice, Surely he would have done so with his prophets and messengers. But they all had to undergo trials and tribulations. Some of the prophets even had to fight battles. They all had to labor in order to attain the ends of God. Let us then be resigned to the fact that we shall not have progress but in direct relationship to our labor. We must unite and build a black economy, for this is the only way for black people to satisfy our wants. According to its definition, economics is the science of man's activities devoted to obtaining the material means for the satisfaction of his wants. But why must we have a black economy? Though basically and generally all human beings want the same things, yet no one can deny that the black man of America's condition is unique. Consequently, the black man's wants are oft times unique and specific. Therefore, the science and knowledge of economics must be applied specifically to the black man of America's unique condition to enable us to obtain the material means of satisfying our wants. We must build a black economy. 
If we depend totally on white people to satisfy the wants of black people, we must then depend on the corrupt politics of white America. Our history of demonstrations nationally, locally, and on the college campuses of white America to gain political concessions which would enable white people to use their economy to give us more of what we want has proved to be a failure. Wherever whites have conceded to black demands, it has not proved to be nearly enough to satisfy the wants of black people. Therefore, Messenger Elijah Muhammad is right when he calls on us to unite and build a black economy. For in building a black economy, we will be creating the means to satisfy our wants. Messenger Muhammad teaches us that any people dependent upon another people to take their responsibility to satisfy their wants means that they are putting themselves in the position to be a subject people to another people who are free. We, the black man of America, boast that we are free. But Messenger Muhammad says, to boast of freedom of self means that you are one who is responsible for your economic condition. How can we ever be truly free if we continue to depend upon white people to supply our necessities of life. We must begin to do this for ourselves. We must become responsible for self. And in order to do this, we must begin now to build a black economy. To satisfy our wants, we need wealth. Messenger Muhammad teaches us that Allah promises us wealth, money, good homes, and friendship in all walks of life if we submit to him and obey his laws. This promise is not binding on belief alone. For in Islam, mere belief counts for nothing except carried into practice. The Bible backs this up in these words. Faith without works is dead. To submit to Allah means to carry into practice those principles which would bring us into the possession of money, good homes, and friendships in all walks of life. So if we think that we can have wealth and success on Allah's promise alone without work, sacrifice and perseverance. And if we think we can have friendship in all walks of life without carrying into practice the moral laws of God which produce friendship, and if we think we can have wealth without practicing the principles of economy, we have gravely misunderstood the teachings of Messenger Elijah Muhammad. According to the science of economics, anything that is material, is useful, and is owned by human beings is considered wealth. Ordinarily, wealth is synonymous with capital. And therefore, anyone who has wealth is also a possessor of capital. Messenger Muhammad writes, quote, 
Certainly we want wealth. We cannot enjoy life without wealth. But we should economize that wealth until we are equal with the other nations in the way of economics. End of quote. There is no economic system in the world that is not based on wealth and capital. There is no economic system in the world that is not founded on the ownership of land, for all wealth and capital is from the land. Therefore, Messenger Muhammad says, we need territory in which to expand. We need some of this good earth here or there so that we can build a system of economy for our people. The accumulation of capital or the accumulation of wealth depends upon the readiness of men to postpone the gratification of wants in the present in the hope of greater satisfaction of their wants in the future. Self-denial and saving is the road to the accumulation of wealth or capital. Toward this end, the Pakistani and Russian people were involved in five-year economic savings plans which helped these countries to build a strong economic system which enabled them to improve the standard of living of their people. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad warns the black people of America against following the ways of the extravagant white Americans. For by the black man's following the extravagant white American, he also is extravagant with what little he gets from the white American economic system. Messenger Muhammad says that this is the way that the slave master's children keep us down by their not caring to teach their once black slaves economy. Messenger Muhammad says that as long as we try to practice being equal with the rich white American before we learn and practice self-economy, thrift, or the managing of our affairs and resources so as to avoid waste, we will always be in want under the feet of our enemies. Messenger Muhammad calls on the black man of America to unite and build a black economy. And the first step toward building a black economy is that every black man and woman of America must how to spend and how to save by those of us who desire to see our people out of poverty and want. Messenger Muhammad says that our knowledge of self, others and the time, should force us to become more prudent in our spending. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad alone of all the black leaders in America has both taught and carried into practice the